Hare Krishna, so we are continuing Life Comes From Life by His Divine Grace, Srila Isi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. This is Shravanam Diaries Podcast and I'm your host, Sulalita Devidasi. So, the second morning walk, recorded on April 19th, 1973 in Cheviot Hills Park, Los Angeles. Srila Prabhupada is accompanied by Dr. Singh, Karandhar Dasa, Brahmananda Dasa and other students. Okay, so. Darwinism extinct. Srila Prabhupada, this material world is a composition of three qualities. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Goodness, passion and ignorance. Which are working everywhere. These three qualities are present in various proportions in all species of life. For example, some trees produce nice fruit, while others are simply meant for fuel. This is due to the association of particular qualities of nature. Among animals also, these three qualities are present. The cow is in the quality of goodness. The lion is in passion, and the monkey in ignorance. According to Darwin, Darwin's father is a monkey. Laughter. He has theorized foolishly. Dr. Singh. Darwin has said that some species become extinct in the struggle for survival. Those which are capable of surviving will survive, but those which are not will become extinct. So he says survival and extinction go side by side. Srila Prabhupada, nothing, nothing is extinct. The monkey is not extinct. Darwin's immediate forefather, the monkey, is still existing. Karandara. Darwin said there must be a natural selection. But selection means choice. So who is choosing? Srila Prabhupada, there must be a person. Who is allowing someone to survive and someone to be killed? There must be some authority with discretion to give such an order. That is our first proposition. Who is that authority? That is explained in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Nature is working under my supervision. In quotes, Bhagavad Gita 9.10 Dr. Singh Darwin also says that the different species were not created simultaneously, but evolved gradually. Srila Prabhupada Then what is his explanation for how the process of evolution began? Karandhara Modern proponents of Darwinism say that the first living organism was created chemically. And I say to them, if life originated from chemicals, and if your science is so advanced, then why can't you create life biochemically in your laboratories? In the future, next section, Karandara, they say they will create life in the future. What future? When this crucial point is raised, they simply reply, we shall do it in the future. Why in the future? 
That is nonsense. Trust no future, however pleasant. If they are so advanced, they must demonstrate now how life can be created from chemicals. Otherwise, what is the meaning of their advancement? They're talking nonsense. Karantara. They say that they are right on the edge, on the verge of creating life. Srila Prabhupada. That's only a different way of saying the same thing in the future. The scientists must admit that they still do not know the origin of life. Their claim that they will soon prove a chemical origin of life is something like paying someone with a post-dated check. Suppose I give you a post-dated check for a thousand, ten thousand dollars, but I actually have no money. What is the value of that check? Scientists are claiming that their science is wonderful, but when a practical example is wanted, they say they will provide it in the future. Suppose I say that I possess millions of dollars, and when you ask me for some money, I say, yes, I will now give you a big post-dated check. Is that alright? If you are intelligent, you will reply, at present give me at least $5 in cash so I can see something tangible. Similarly, the scientists cannot produce even a single blade of grass in their laboratories, yet they are claiming that life is produced from chemicals. What is this nonsense? Is no one questioning this? Karandhara. They say that life is produced by chemical laws. Srila Prabhupada, as soon as there is law, we must take into consideration that someone made the law. Despite all their so-called advancement, the scientists in their laboratories cannot produce even a blade of grass. What kind of scientists are they? Dr. Singh. They say that in the ultimate analysis, everything came from matter. Living matter came from non-living matter. Srila Prabhupada, then where is this living matter coming from now? Do the scientists say that life came from matter in the past, but does not at the present? Where is the ant coming from now? From the dirt? Next section, the missing link. Dr. Singh. In fact, there are several theories explaining how life originated from matter, how living matter came from the non-living. Srila Prabhupada. Casting Dr. Singh in the role of a materialistic scientist. Alright, scientists, why is life not coming from matter now? You rascal, why isn't life coming from matter now? Actually, such scientists are rascals. They childishly say that life came from matter, although they're not at all able to prove it. Our Krishna consciousness movement should expose all these rascals. They're only bluffing. Why don't they create life immediately? In the past, they say, Life arose from matter, and they say that this will happen again in the future. They even say that they will create life from matter. What kind of theory is this? 
they have already commented that life began from matter. This refers to the past, begin. Then why do they now speak of the future? <laughs> Is it not contradictory? They are expecting the past to occur in the future. This is childish nonsense. Karandara. They say that life arose from matter in the past and that they will create life this in this way in the future. Shila Prabhupada, what is this nonsense? If they cannot prove that life arises from matter in the present, how do they know life arose this way in the past? Dr. Singh. They are assuming. Shila Prabhupada, everyone can assume, but this is not science. Everyone can assume something. You can assume something. I can assume something. But there is no proof. There must be proof. We can prove that life arises from life. For example, a father begets a child. The father is living. And the child is living. But where is there proof that a father can be a dead stone? Where is there proof? We can easily prove that life begins from life. And the original life is Krishna. That also can be proven. But what evidence exists that a child is born of stone? They cannot actually prove that life comes from matter. They are leaving that aside for the future. Laughter. <laughs> Karandhara. The scientists say that they can now formulate acids, amino acids. They're almost like one-celled living organisms. They say that because these acids so closely resemble living beings, there must be just one missing link needed before they can create life. Nonsense! Missing link. I'll challenge them to their face. Laughter. They're missing this challenge. The missing link is this challenge to their face. <laughs> oh, you know, you rarely see Shilaprapad in this mode. But I'm just... Ah, okay, next section is called Nobel Prize for an Ass. Dr. Singh. Some scientists hope that in the future they will be able to make babies in test tubes. Shri Prabhupada, test tubes? Dr. Singh, yes, they intend to combine male and female elements in biological laboratories. Shri Prabhupada, if they begin with living entities, what is the purpose of the test tube? It is only a place for combination, but so is the womb. Where is the credit for the scientists if this is already being done in nature's test tube? Nature's test tube. Karandar. It is already being done by nature, but when some scientist does it, people will give him the Nobel Prize. Shla Prabhupada. Yes, this is stated in Srimad Bhagavatam. This verse indicates that those who praise men who are like animals are no better than dogs, hogs, camels, and asses. Shva means dog, Vidvaraha means dog, a stool-eating hog, Ushtra means camel, and Kara means ass. 
If the Nobel Prize is given to a scientist who is a rascal, the men on the committee who give him that prize are no better than dogs, hogs, camels and asses. We don't accept them as human beings. One animal is praised by another animal. Where is the credit in that? If the men on the committee are no better than animals, anyone who receives the Nobel Prize in science is fool number one because animals are praising him, not human beings. Dr. Singh, for some scientists the Nobel Prize is the ultimate. Shla Prabhupada, they are rascals, they are speaking nonsense and because they are juggling words, others are being misled. Brahmananda Swami, Nobel is the person who invented dynamite. Srila Prabhupada, he has created great misfortune and he has left his money for creating further misfortune. <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Brahmananda Swami, the Gita says that demoniac people perform acts meant to destroy the world. Srila Prabhupada, yes. Ugra karmanah kshaya jagato hitah. Oh, one second. Um, Bhagavad Gita 16.9 They perform acts meant for inauspiciousness and the destruction of the world. Next section, the difference between the living and the non-living. Srila Prabhupada points at a dead tree with his cane. Srila Prabhupada Formerly, leaves and twigs were growing from this tree. Now they're not. How would the scientists explain this? Karandara, they would say the tree's chemical composition has changed. Srila Prabhupada, mm, to prove that theory, they must be able to inject the proper chemicals to make branches and leaves grow again. The scientific method includes observation, hypothesis, and then demonstration, then it is perfect. But the scientists cannot actually demonstrate in their laboratories that life comes from matter. They simply observe and then speak nonsense. They're like children. In our childhood, we observed the gramophone box and thought that within the box there was a man singing, an electric man. We thought there must have been an electric man or some kind of ghost in it. <laughs> Laughter. Mm, Dr. Singh, one of the popular questions that arises when we start studying biology is what is the difference between a living organism and that which is not living, not living. The textbooks say that the chief characteristics that distinguish the two are that a living being can move and reproduce, whereas dead matter can do neither. But the books never talk about the nature of the soul or about the consciousness of the living entity. Srila Prabhupada But consciousness is the primary indication that life is present. Only because of consciousness can a living being move and reproduce. Because a person is conscious, he thinks of marrying and begetting children. And the original consciousness is described in the Vedas. 
Tadaikshata Bahu Syam Chandogya Upanishad 6.2.3 This means that God, the original conscious being, said, I shall become many. Without consciousness, there is no possibility of byproducts. Next section, the individual living force. Oh, the last section, okay. Srila Prabhupada. The gardeners supply water to the trees, to the green trees, so why don't they supply water to this dead tree and make it green? Dr. Singh. From experience, they know that it will not grow. Srila Prabhupada. Then what is the element that is lacking? Scientists say that chemicals are the cause of life, but all the chemicals that were present when the tree was alive <clears throat> oh sorry i'm very sorry all the chemicals that were present when the tree was alive are still there all these chemicals are still supporting the lives of many living entities such as microbes and insects so they cannot say that life energy is lacking in the body of the tree the life energy is there dr sink but what about the life energy of the tree itself? Srila Prabhupada, yes, that is the difference. The living force is individual, and the particular individual living entity that was the tree has left. This must be the case since all the chemicals necessary to support life are still there, yet the tree is dead. Here is another example. Suppose I am living in an apartment and then I leave it. I'm gone. But many other living entities remain there and spiders and so forth. So it is not true that simply because I have left the apartment it can no longer accommodate life. Other living entities are still living there. It is simply that I an individual living being have left. The chemicals in the tree are like the apartment. They're simply the environment for the individual force, the soul to act through. And the soul is an individual. I am an individual and therefore I may leave the apartment. Similarly, the microbes are also individuals. They have individual consciousness. If they are moving in one direction, but are somehow blocked, they think, let me go the other way. They have personality. Karandara, but in a dead body, there is no personality. This indicates that the individual soul has left the body. The soul has left, and therefore the tree does not grow. Dr. Singh, within the living body, Srila Prabhupada, there are innumerable small living entities, but the individual self who owns the body is also living there. Is that correct? Srila Prabhupada, yes. In my body there are millions of living entities. In my intestines there are many worms. If they become strong, then whatever I eat, they eat, and I derive no benefit from the food. Therefore, those who are full of hookworms eat very much, but do not grow. They become lean and thin, and they are very hungry because this, these small living entities 
are eating their food. So there are thousands and millions of living entities in my body. <clears throat> they are individuals and I am an individual. But I am the proprietor of the body, just as I may be the proprietor of a garden in which many millions of living entities reside. Student, so if I eat Krishna Prasadam, food offered to Lord Krishna, are the living entities in my body are also eating Prasada? Srila Prabhupada, yes, you are very benevolent. <laughs> Laughs. You take Krishna Prasada for others. Karandhara, welfare work. Srila Prabhupada, yes, but there are so many things within you for them to eat that you do not need to make a separate endeavor to feed them. Okay, okay, this is the last portion. I flipped the pages wrong. Last portion, section. Minimum words, maximum solution. Srila Prabhupada. The individual soul is never lost. He does not die, nor is he born. He simply changes from one body to another, just as one changes garments. This is perfect science. Dr. Singh. But why don't scientists accept this? Srila Prabhupada. They are not nice men, they are rascals. They are not even gentlemen. Under appropriate circumstances, gentlemen will have some shyness or some shame. But these men are shameless. They cannot properly answer our challenges. Yet they shamelessly claim that they are scientists and that they will create life. They are not even gentlemen. At least I regard them like that. A gentleman will be ashamed if he speaks nonsense. Dr. Singh, they do not think before they speak. Srila Prabhupada, that means that they are not human beings. A human being thinks twice before saying anything. Krishna makes the presence of life within the body so easy to understand. He says, Dehinasmin yatha dehe kaumaram yovanam jara Quote, As the embodied soul continuously passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. The self-realized soul is not bewildered by such a change. Unquote. Bhagavad Gita 2.13 in these two lines, Krishna solves the whole biological problem. That is knowledge. Minimum words, maximum solution. Volumes of books exponing nonsense have no meaning. Materialistic scientists are like croaking frogs. Ka 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 ka. Shla Prabhupada imitates the sound of a croaking frog and the frog and the others laugh. The frogs are thinking. Oh, we are talking very nicely. But the result is that the snake finds them and says, Oh, here is a nice frog. Shla Prabhupada imitates the sound of a snake eating a frog. Bop! Finished. When death comes, everything is finished. The materialistic scientists are croaking, Ka, ka, ka. Qua. Okay, okay, qua, qua, qua. 
But when death comes, their scientific industry is finished and they become dogs, cats or something like that. The end of second morning walk. Jai. Okay, for somebody who doesn't know the background, <laughs> it may seem that Prabhupada is really strong, strongly speaking about the scientists, but we really need to understand that It's interesting when scientists say that we will prove something in the future, but for now believe what believe our hypothesis. Everybody is supposed to believe that. But when like you read scriptures, like Vedic Shastras, and some of the things are explained and you will only experience them maybe after like this lifetime. Science denies it and says that well you, if if I can't see it then it doesn't exist. So I just, I just really, Srila Prabhupada, by the time that these morning walks were taking place, Srila Prabhupada had a lot of experience of talking with many different people in America and in many different countries. So he has really experienced this kind of, you know, um, non-gentlemanly, non-gentlemental, non-gentleman, um, behavior of scientists towards the actual Vedic science. So actually today I read on iskomnews.org that some institute in um, Vegas, they said that whoever proves afterlife to us in an essay, we will give them, what was it, fifty, five hundred thousand dollars something like that. And they mentioned that you can't quote, you can't give as evidence scriptural uh, like scriptures holy scriptures because holy scriptures are based on faith and faith is not scientific of course and i was just thinking my god vedic scriptures are so scientific you won't believe it vedic astrology predicts all the astrological astronomical movements of the planets by Vedic astrology, you can know everything about eclipses and when everything occurs, moon and all the movements of the planets, and we don't need—they don't need telescopes for that, and everything is exact, like super according to the degrees of the planets and everything. And you know, they just don't know that exists. So I don't know. I guess. We'll find out if anybody wins the prize, but I just, it's a, it's a, it's a still a step forward that they're interested in these topics are discussed uh, about consciousness, what is consciousness, and Prabhupada speaks about consciousness so clearly, and maybe back in 1973, this topic was completely like a non, non, not discussed at all in the scientific realm, now in 2021, they are questioning that, so it's a step forward. Okay, so, Hare Krishna. Yes, so, thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description, and we shall see you next time. Hare Krishna. And sorry about my voice. Oh, actually, I wanted to correct myself. Um, the Vedic science is more scientific, even more scientific, because you don't need to actually wait for the future to experience the results or even for the next lifetime because in Bhagavad Gita
Prabhupada clearly explains in the purport to the verse where Krishna says, Pratyaksha vagamam dharmyam susukam kartuma vyayam. That by applying this process of bhakti yoga, you experience directly the effect and you experience your process process and your progress and there are many examples of how just like you're eating and you feel satisfied you feel nourished you feel like full and you're not hungry anymore in the same way bhakti yoga is like that so there are no no checks that will come to fruition in the future false promises or so-called it will happen in the future right now no nothing like that so even from that perspective it's more superior <laughs> so jai I mean, I can say for sure that I've been, I mean, I was born in a family of practicing devotees and I've been practicing myself conscientiously in the past at least 10 years, you can say more conscientiously. And I can say for sure that you get direct experience and you get direct revelations and realizations and it's not just purely faith, it's something very tangible and anybody who is a serious practitioner, will confirm. Haribo! <laughs> yeah, in defense, in defense.